0: Every entrepreneur is a unique story, but we share some common ground. Picanopo offers a fresh perspective on your entrepreneurial challenges, because someone has certainly been through them before. Even if you do not have any business problems, no worries, listening is anonymous. Welcome to The Seed Podcast with Uros Cimžar.
1: Hi, I've been an entrepreneur since my days at university, and I have always loved learning from the more experienced. Even today, I look at every conversation as an opportunity to learn.
0: Tristan Pollock is a US tech entrepreneur, startup investor, and currently head of community at CTO.ai, a platform tools for modern DevOps teams. He has created and sold two companies, both VC backed. As a Silicon Valley VC and accelerator director at 500 startups, he has directed 30 million American dollars in venture capital into 200 companies. Today he's running Cool Climate Collective Syndicate and has invested in a dozen climate ventures, including Juicy Marbles and Ethic. Today, we're talking about sustainability, climate change, and connected tech. Why is it important for every business founder to build impact in their venture? Listen to Tristan and Uroš in today's episode of a Bub podcast. Hi, Tristan.
1: I'm really happy you could join us today. My pleasure, excited to be here. Yeah, what I'm really happy about is, let's say that uh, I'm coming from a small country, and one of the problems in small countries is that you, if you decide to solve local challenge, then you're faced with small markets and small rewards. And the topic that we are discuss today uh, is also, let's say, a challenge in our part of the world because it's a global challenge shared across the world, uh, and it's also a big opportunity. So let's say, let's start to delve into uh, sustainability and climate change and connected tech. Uh, so... If you don't mind, could you start by explaining where actually the opportunities lies right now for an entrepreneur that's eager to make create a big company in this space?
2: Yeah, so I'm very excited to chat about climate technology, climate solutions. Um, maybe just a quick, quick history on the on the on the whole situation is, you know, over the last 10 years, we've kind of migrated from this this realm of clean tech or, you know, kind of, you could call it climate 1.0 where we were trying to switch over to a lot of renewable energy. And now we've kind of migrated to like, all right, this is a very pressing issue. The biggest issue of the next decade of this decade. And, you know, you thought COVID was bad and that lasted two years, hopefully fingers crossed, not three, but like this is something that's going to last decades into the future and have a huge effect on our, lives and also the planet and nature and uh, we're already moving very quickly towards this like sixth mass ex- extinction event of the world where i would know, say that, that
1: we are probably already in the middle of it
2: exactly yeah we're seeing you know uh, over a majority of of animals uh, and and beings and you know not non-human species just being uh, on the on the verge of extinction, um, being extinct, like on the on the warning track, and so there's a lot of lot of huge issues coming, and that
1: you know, like you said, for me it was mind blowing when I uh, read about uh, let's say the complete mess of humans, and let's say let's say, our farm animals compared to the natural food, let's say, and animals. It's like more than 90% of the whole mass on the planet is human or, let's say, cows or pigs or something like that or chickens that we create, let's say. So it was mind-blowing to me how much we dominate, let's say, the ecosystems of the earth and so on. So it's it's scary, but it's also a big responsibility in my mind.
2: Exactly. You know, we're the stewards of the planet and we should take care of nature and nature is something that took millions of years to, you know, reach this stability and we're starting to throw that stability off and it's not something that you can just, you know, fix overnight. So we have to have some crazy technology out there, a lot of new ideas and things that can be proven out fairly quickly and then scaled fairly quickly in this decade. And that's why this is such a big opportunity beyond now this isn't just like a, you know, an old school kind of impact investing play, right? We're seeing uh, huge, you know, eight hundred million dollar funds raised you know, just to focus on climate tech and helping scale anything that reduces emissions. So this so is the one, one from
1: Chris Saka, Uh
2: Exactly, yeah, Chris Saka, You know, one one of the most notorious uh, angel and VCs out of Silicon Valley. You know, had you know huge wins in, in like yeah. Twitter, for example, and known as one of probably one of the better investors in Silicon Valley, he's been on shark tank, et cetera. And he basically has switched from, uh, his last fund to lower carbon capital, which is that $800 million fund and all focused on the climate. Um, and you know, and I like his, I like his, uh, his, his MO, uh, you know, his mission operative on this, because he says, you know, fixing the planet is just good business, right? Like we're not, we can't shame people into getting to where we need to go. But markets, you know, and basically using capitalism for good uh, will.
1: Hey, okay, let's say I completely agree with this, and it's also let's say I would like to discuss a little bit more. Let's say big business opportunities, but when it actually clicked for me was when I read not this last one, but the one before the report of IPCC. Let's say so the Mm what is called what is called uh, international panel on climate change uh, from UN, Uh, and when I read thoroughly. I noticed that their projections already, already let's say take into account uh, carbon sequestration. Let's say so, let's say taking CO2 out of the atmosphere. So for me, it was okay. It's not just curtailing CO2 emissions, but let's say scientists already let's say took as a variable into their equations that we will actually capture some of the carbon from the atmosphere in some way. So for me it was, okay, but the tech doesn't exist. So there is like this disconnect. We are counting on it, but the tech is not there. So there's some business opportunity.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think there is, you know, in all the reporting and modeling tools, for example, one is called En-ROADS that you can actually go online and play around with it yourself and you can say, you know, hey, what if we like accelerated nuclear? Hey, what if we did as much carbon sequestration as possible? As en-roads. And so you can go play with that online. But what you very quickly find out is that we need a very collaborative effort of all types of solutions, not just reduction, but removal. Otherwise, we'll never hit the Paris Accord goals, you know, of trying to stay at yeah. 1.5 or below 1.5 Celsius. So As far as increase, so like it's it's a very very pressing issue. We need to be supportive and welcome people into the space, and we need more and more ideas and everyone to work together.
1: So let's say when you are looking for investment in this space, because you are also let's say leading a syndicate, uh, let's say which are the sectors that you're looking at. Let's say what where where's the biggest opportunity? Where does it make sense to start looking?
2: Yeah, so I'm running uh, with a partner, the Cool Climate Collective on Angelist, and we are basically building an investor base of climate motivated angels and operators that want to invest in these companies, you know anywhere from like 1k up to you know uh, 50k investments. And uh, we help bring those together under one single entity, make it easy on the founder's cap table. And we usually close the last like 100K of a founder's round. And so when we're looking at companies and climate, you know, it's, this is something that expands all industries, right? If you look at where emissions are, you know, food and ag and water is, you know, the leader, but then you have buildings, you have transport, um, you know, (laughs) even like the notorious, like steel and cement production is like notoriously bad. Um, but like the, it's like literally every industry, there is some level of opportunity for you know either reducing or replacing or removing carbon when you're producing goods or you're trying to figure out, let's say like direct air capture. We're talking about carbon removal. You know they're literally figuring out how to suck carbon out of the air and through you know through a fan and then like store it in the earth. And, uh, and yeah. so, like, we're, we're going pretty sci-fi here. And uh, and some of these things, you know, need a little bit of funding earlier on to understand that research and the science behind it before... Th- so, sometimes a little bit more funding is necessary earlier on.
1: So, it is pretty much science-driven, let's say, approach right now because it's not something that you can... It's not so much an, of an engineering challenge at first. Is it more of a science challenge or where... where- where is it now? I think thing? it de-
2: it depends on the it depends on the the business. Um, yeah. You know, we're seeing businesses that are you know, if you put all the dogs and cats together in the U.S. alone, they would be the fifth, I think, most meat-consuming country in the world. And <laughs> if you know how much you know methane and carbon yeah. comes out of uh, you know, like we were saying, like the domesticated animals and specifically cows, then you start to realize like, okay, like eating meat for animals who don't even really, they're omnivores. They don't even really care. Like, is that even necessary? So, you know, we're like looking at opportunities like that where like, how do you just, you know, how do you swap that out? Uh, and you basically you're, you know, dropping a significant amount of emissions at scale. Right. So it's like, where is, how is climate baked into, it could really be any business and, you know, it just needs to be baked into the business. So as you scale, if you reach like a unicorn type business globally, you know, uh, then, or, you know, even in one country, you know, even in just the U S but I think for to speaking in terms of Slovenia, it's like, you know, okay. Like even in the EU or whatever, you know, you reach this unicorn status that like naturally your business succeeding then reduces all this carbon. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when I so uh, when I started looking into the space, let's say one of the stuff that I noticed is in my mind it's very much of a supply chain problem. Let's say so there are non-existing supply chains for let's say new climate tech because everything in the past was built off uh, let's say uh, oil and uh, all the components of oil because they were free in quotation marks uh, because th- we never let's say charge them like. Uh, for externalities, for negative impact on the envir- environment. Okay, something changed, let's say, with uh, carbon emission coupons in EU or something like that. And I believe also California does doesn't. But it's a supply chain problem, let's say, because uh, the supply chain right now is focused on oil and oil derivatives mostly. And also, let's say, in farming, it's a whole different supply chain. So how to attack, let's say, this kind of problem? Because if you want to actually make money, you need to, let's say, somehow fit into existing supply chains or do you need to build, let's say, new ones?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a great point because I think once you start looking at, let's just say like, you know, plastics or one type of like production, let's say like even like transportation, right? Like then there's like all these different, um, you know, environmental issues that come out of it, right? Whether it's the you know the the mining of the oil, the mining of lithium batteries, this this you know hurts you know destroys certain ecosystems of where that mining is done. Now you know then if you're looking at like kind of the like cap table almost of all the different types of uh, activities, you know bringing the trucks there, like in you know creating this uh, you know pipeline whatever it is, like there's all these like you know carbon emitting uh activities that tie into that so it starts to become um a lot more complex unlike where there's you know and also like there's a debate on like hey i don't want to destroy the earth anymore but also like the this climate catastrophe will get so much worse if we don't have more like lithium batteries for example um and so it's like how do we transition these things over how do we even transition some of these Oil and gas companies into you know what you know what they're saying now is like true energy companies. How do we bring them there with us? How do we bring their employees with us? You know, bring these like uh, you know mechanical engineers and have them working on solar and wind. Uh, have them working on nuclear. And so, like, I think also that it shows the opportunity is like all these line items on the ways that carbon is emitted, the trucks, like how you transfer, store, and transfer energy. Um, how you, you know, get the, the uh, materials that you need to create batteries, um, you know, how you manage the grid and, you know, how do you clean the gr- grid so that EVs, electric vehicles work, you know, it's like, there's like, so all those things are opportunities yeah. for entrepreneurs to improve on. And that could start anywhere. That doesn't need to start, you know, in the, in the US, like that could start anywhere and basically be applied to grids, that are similar anywhere in the world so i think that's a shows a huge opportunity
1: uh, there's a company in slovenia actually the f- co-founder was uh, she was a guest of mine in previous uh, podcast they actually started uh they they're really good in uh battery management systems so lithium ion has a problem of runaway reaction possibly so they are doing software that actually controls that and they started because they were one of the partners in the, fir- one of the first elite electric cell yards. So that in, s- in some way, the, the company they started working with them went bankrupt, but they got the know-how technology in supply chain and then, f- then found other applications. So now they are doing really well. So let's say just to try to a little bit sum up, let's say. So if we start with some, uh, let's say a report on where the most carbon emissions are, let's say, our best, this is like really abstract, but if, if you then drill down and say, okay, transportation as you did, let's say, and then the industry, battery and lithium ion or something like that, and maybe you see, okay, batteries have this problem, even battery management systems are a great opportunity because this will go up, let's say, this will be a growing industry, uh, and this is a way that somebody can find an opportunity for themselves and also help to build this new supply chains. Would you agree with this, uh, let's say, su- summary of,
2: of discussion yeah, so far? Of course. I th- yeah, exactly. I think, one, there's a few ways to get involved. One, you take your current knowledge and you apply that to a company. You know, hey, I know, I know community building and growth in early stage startups. You take that and you apply it to a climate company and you do whatever you can to help them succeed. You know, and that doesn't even require that much climate knowledge um not any more than you need to switch to another company um you know and take a new job Um, the other thing is like you can go through programs like Terra, um like on deck climate tech um and like personally went through the Terra climate tech vc program uh found it super helpful like you can take these programs and you could actually start like Transitioning to a more like climate role that could be like you know in the ESG realm, right? And so you could work for a big company or a small company, and you work on like how do we make this company sustainable?
1: Could you explain a little bit more about these programs? It's the first time I hear of them. Yeah,
2: yeah, of course. Yeah, and so I think the big one of the big challenges is 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 kind of how what we're talking about is getting more people into climate and getting and and showing the clear path and how like one, hey, we want you, right? We want more people to work in climate and we want them to figure it out and that can mean converting your business to a carbon negative business. Um, It could be, you know, creating more like circular economy aspects so that you're not producing waste. Um, It could mean, you know, just looking at sustainability in a holistic way across all all types of, you know, environmental, social and governance, which is the ESG kind of component that's in a lot of big companies these days. And then how do you do that? Well, you know, you find great mentors, you talk to other people in climate. i found people very welcoming and like, Hey, look, like I, w- we want to help teach and educate. Um, the, the other way is take one of these programs, um, that help get you up to speed on, you know, the current problem where the, where are some of the opportunities, you know, networking. And I, and, and so one of them is called Terra T E R R A. Um, another on deck is another kind of uh, cohort learning.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely put links uh, into the show notes. Okay. Let's say so. Yeah,
2: so that'd great. Be great. For that.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I think I think it's just you know finding the way you learn, and whether that's through talking to people, mentors, building your network, taking you know more structured courses. Uh, there's those opportunities are out there to help break into climate.
1: Okay. Did you? Noticed any patterns, let's say, of uh, type of founders of this type of companies, because you have invested in few probably uh, in the past. Because let's say when I was look went looking uh, through the list of, let's say, already uh, uh, funded companies, let's say, who received some VC funds, it was interesting to me that a lot of them were converts. uh, Let's say people of the founders were converts from the old uh, polluting industry. Let's say somebody from oil and gas. And they notice what they are doing, and now they actually use their knowledge of the, let's say, whole energy sector uh, to actually help the startup succeed. So, did you notice any patterns? Let's see, what kind of uh, founders? Where, where are they coming from?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's a good observation. I think you see people coming from science, from research, from academia, into like, hey, we need to. I need to like take a practical approach. And apply my learning, my expertise, and actually make this happen. So I think we see one route of you know, and there's even like accelerators that focus on this. Is like, hey, we need science, we need operations, we need to put these things together and create these businesses that will scale. Um, I think we also see people transitioning from tech, uh, tech and startups, and they're like, hey, I just want to make an impact. I'm an entrepreneur. I've worked working for a tech company. How do I either a start something? Or how do I help my company convert faster, like a Stripe Climate uh, or the Amazon Climate Pledge, for example, right? Big company, big opportunity to, to really have a huge impact on emissions if they do things quickly and, and in the right way. So uh, I think those are some those, those are some channels and, you know, kind of that's my route, right? Like I was more working in kind of somewhere between impact and technology for most of my career, And, you know, over the past few years was like, I want to spend, you know, as much time as possible trying to support this climate piece, because I think just the natural environment and nature is like, has been such an important part of my life throughout. And so I think you see like these avenues and again, I want to keep it open though, because I think, um, anyone that's listening entrepreneurs, startup people, people working for companies, uh, you know, there's, there's ways to get involved in all, in all these aspects. It's not like you have to, you know, quit and start a company. It's like, you can start doing this with your company. Now you can make sure that they have like the right ESG sub- structure. You can make sure you plug in something like watershed to track ca- carbon emissions th- with the, co- throughout the company. Um, there's a lot of things you can do that today without, and just, just start learning and start impl- Im- implementing some of these, uh, climate activities that will help you understand the data and what's happening.
1: Okay. Maybe now let's say a little bit more controversial question. We all agree on urgency. Let's say that we should do something. Okay, almost all of us agree, but definitely us two talking. Uh, But what about let's say how do we avoid of making even bigger mistake? Let's say uh, let's say maybe your personal opinion of some of the technologies, let's say, because some of the solutions right now that are available, let's say, as a solar radiation management, or let's say, so uh, for people listening, it's actually, if we put uh, sulfur, sulfur particles into the atmosphere, we know that we will increase, uh, let's say, we will decrease the number, uh, the, the, the solar, the... Will reflect
2: will reflect too much sun, which may yeah, affect growth uh, and also sequestration through natural means.
1: Yeah, but yeah. we are actually discussing, let's say, terraforming or let's say geoengineering. And yeah, it's something that it's. Uh, this is, I know it sounds strange, but it's maybe even the le- one of the less controversial ideas because it will actually uh, let's be removed from the atmos- atmosphere uh, quite quickly, let's say, in a few years, but it could also be weaponized and so on. So do you have any this kind of reservation with, uh, let's say, looking at the tech that's now developing in this space?
2: Um, I don't think I have any more reservation than, you know, the kind of the situation that some technologies yeah. have put us in today. And now, uh, you know, I, I, I like I was kind of, hinting at with the lithium mining. And it's like, yeah. you know, can we convert our, you know, can we just have people bike more and, you know, take trains and uh, electric trains and things like this. But inevitably, like we, it, we don't have the time to, you know, say, let's try this for a while and see if it works. So I'm kind of like pretty of this, of the ilk that we need to be pretty gun ho about this. We need to try everything we need to learn on the go maybe it's synonymous with like figuring out the COVID vaccine really quickly, right? Like it's like we need to bring all the resources we can, all of the money and the opportunity and play off the capitalist system to then, you know, convert industries, you know, convert oil and gas to renewables, convert, uh, you know, gas powered cars to electric, you know, I think we need to so drastically and so quickly reduce global emissions in so in this very collaborative you know geo uh, political way that it's going to be really hard to like nitpick on you know oh i think this is going to have this effect or this is going to have this effect if it's got a general you know climate negative approach then i think we're heading in the right direction now obviously there is uh that is there there comes like you know a cat you know caveat we can't destroy the earth while trying to like reduce emissions but i think that if we don't we're already going to destroy the earth so it's it's we need to kind of move pretty quickly here and i think i'm a, i'm a i'm, I'm a fan is like we everyone needs to work together on this everyone's trying to su- protect the earth in some way and you know if if we can't like to start too much infighting between like you know climate you know climate or environmental groups we need to like figure out how to work together and reach that end goal that the everyone the majority of the world has agreed to in the paris agreement
1: and for me it will be interesting classic because also a lot of solution is actually let's say coming from synthetic biology let's say so or changing let's say there's some some
2: crazy ideas out there uh where like so one example maybe for the listeners is like you could genetically modify phytoplankton. You can put them in the middle of the ocean and they you know, the ocean is very big, like carbon suck, carbon sink, and it'll pull a lot of carbon out of the air uh, into the ocean, especially with these phytoplankton. And so there's places in, that are kind of dead zones in the ocean where there's not enough nutrients, You know, whether it's blowing off the earth or like, you know, mixing yeah. or coming so out die. of- The
1: iron is missing
2: yeah and yeah coming out of uh, river deltas and, and things like this and so the thought is you take all these genetically modified phytoplankton put them in the ocean and uh let them propagate but like the risk kind of like you're mentioning is like well what if we get that genetically modification wrong because what's happened in the past is like when there's like an over abundance of certain species small or large doesn't really matter that that will affect everything else in the ecosystem. And there was something like this that happened in the Atlantic ocean recently where the, you know, that this small species like over, over ate something. So something else like sea urchins or something didn't get enough food. And then that affected the sea lions. And so it's, you know, ecosystem is very delicate and like very connected. And I think that's what we're seeing, you know, just throwing things off with too much, fertilizer in lakes or you know too much uh, carbon in the air it, it drastically changes things you know we're seeing like the majority of coral reefs are going to disappear by 2030 and it's 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 kind of a horrible situation it's like no matter even if we do nothing and everything stays the same right like emissions just keep increasing so we have a lot of work to do
1: yeah i, I completely agree Leslie. it but and there is a lot of danger in some of let's say, possible danger, let's say, in some of the ideas and solutions, but there are also, let's say, already really positive examples of synthetic biology. Let's say there's a startup that's actually taking CO2 out of uh, air or, I I believe, out of uh, coal plants, and uh, they engineered uh, some bacteria that actually produces, uh, like, fish uh, protein that's then used for uh, fish food, for (laughs) artificial production. So, let's say they, they actually, they're definitely net negative, like from carbon emissions. Uh, there is like, there is a big problem in uh, fish farming because there is a lot of sardines and this small fish is actually uh, caught each year just to, let's say, <laughs> feed salmon and so on. So, mm-hmm. it's crazy. You, you think that if you're eating, let's say, like fish uh, that's uh, farmed, it's much better than uh, the one caught... Uh, uh, in the wild, but not really. And there they actually manage to plug themselves into a supply chain in a way that they are using something that's abundant and actually harmful to environment and producing something good. So in my mind, let's say this kind of thinking, let's say how to adjust current supply chains and how to maybe use waste to produce something, it's really good business model because you actually in the beginning, if you will be, uh, let's say, a first mover in this field, you will get the the resources needed almost for free, or even be paid for. So,
2: exactly, yeah, that's I think you're kind of talking about that kind of circular economy model, which can apply to so many things, right? Like, I think uh, Bill Gates was creating this like water treatment plant that like you know converts waste into clean water that's drinkable, like in Uh, Darkor, uh decor and then uh like you know this can happen i mean this kind of clicked for me a while back when it was you know there's this company called replenish and they were like hey what if we just got coca-cola gave coca-cola the tools to then like take back all the waste that they created i.e like the bottles of coke um you know this is something that used to happen right like i think a lot of these things you know like let's say like the milkman right like it's like you would bring milk to your house in glass bottles you would drink it you put it back that was circular economy. So we had some things right. Now we just have to figure out how to do them at scale. And I think a lot of the onus goes back on corporations, right? Like I think it's pretty clear the way that things set up plastic, the percentage of plastic that actually gets recycled, which is usually, you know, much less than the, than you know, the minority of plastic that actually gets sent there if it and gets it, sent it, there. And if
1: you're honest, it's actually downcycled. It's plastic cannot be re- recycled in a useful way. But it's used for lower quality plastic for different, uh, let's say, applications. But yeah, uh, but you also, let's say, touched on a subject that's also one of the things that uh, we as entrepreneurs usually don't dabble with—not uh, so much. Let's say it's a policy change. Let's say because uh, why we don't have uh, glass milk bottles anymore because uh, the plastic is cheap. Why is it cheap? Because then nobody charged them for the damage uh, done to mm-hmm. environment. Let's say so. But in my mind, let's say, going, uh, let's say taking this route of creating new companies, it will actually help to shift policy change in the future because so much capital will be allocated in this that much more people with capital and power will have stakes in green economy. So even if you're not an activist and if you're, let's say, dabbling in a, or doing a startup in this space, you, actually you are also slowly shifting the public perception and the, it will influence also policy change.
2: No, I think you're totally right. I think everyone needs to still live by their values even even though like the big change will happen at a political or like corporate level. Um, you know because that influences so there's like two types of policy, right? Like it's like you have push and pull. And I think we're going to see both over this decade, right? One, we're seeing this growing, growing, you know, cohort, especially the younger, younger, youngest generations that want to see companies co- be uh, held responsible for what they're doing. We, they want some more transparency and trust and they want to understand, like, we're not shipping waste, you know, from one country to another because we don't know how to process it or like, you know, it's not, it's not circular and the waste is just going to landfills. Like they want to see these changes, they want to see sustainability baked into the business and the other side of it these you know governments are going to have to start you know doing you know some level of carbon taxation or like you said like you know you're basically holding co- corporations responsible for the amount of waste or emissions that they're producing and so you know and that's going to cause like you know tidal waves of opportunity for the people that are rightly positioned in climate you know that's a big uh, a big, big opportunity, right? Like Chamath of social capital is like saying like the first trillionaire is going to be a climate tech entrepreneur, you know? And it's like, so it's, it's, it's a big, big, like, you know, monetary opportunity for entrepreneurs and people working in climate tech because of these changes are just, you know, as soon as you make, all these companies have to do some X level of reporting. Well, then, that sort of climate data is becoming super important, and like a lot of companies are already getting ready for that. So, like the opportunity is there, and it's going to, you know, have a global uh, sea change uh, very soon.
1: Yeah, and uh, let's say also if you look into the past, let's say, let's say history lesson. uh, One of the, let's say, the changes, uh, let's say, in the one of the first, let's say, barons of the industry was Rockefeller, and he actually wrote this wave of changing supply chains with oil. Let's say, because first it was just kerosene, then they found another the derivative of the uh, refining and so on and use that, use that, use that. And it was really, let's say, beneficial to him. But now if we're taking, uh, let's say, CO2, which will still be generating, let's say, <laughs> we're exhaling CO2 each time that we talk, but we'll still be generating and you find a way to capture this and actually monetize it, it's the biggest opportunity ever. Let's say so far, so it's really interesting. But another topic and another question I have is because I know that you were already let's say overseeing investments in in software industry, let's say, in the past, and now you also let's say invest in climate tech startups. Uh, how let's say how much more difficult is for climate tech startup to get seed funding? Uh, Then as a software startup, because in software it it became standardized over time. Let's say so you know what you have to have in place to get seed round, uh, CDSA and so on. Uh, What's now situation in climate tech? Let's say, do you can you just show up with an idea and get funding? Or
2: (laughs) uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's definitely there's that one implication where you might need a a little bit of a larger round. um, You know to either flesh out the idea, uh, to understand the science, to do, do the research. Um, but honestly, I think that aligns with where VC is at right now. Like since COVID, you know, VC has just exploded, right? It's, it's, we've seen more investment, you know, year over year, uh, over the last couple of years, three years, you know, it's continuing to go up. And then even in climate tech, you know, the climate tech investing itself is growing 5X faster than overall VC, like 60 billion, something to this extent has been invested between like 2013 and 2019. So there is a lot of money at, uh, at play here. There's a lot of smart people realizing that this is, you know, the challenge of our lifetime. And now, uh, you, it's like, you know, to get to that point, I mean, it just depends who you're talking to there. Like I was mentioning, there's, um, there's, uh, I think, Deep Science Ventures that helps pair scientists with operators. There's a lot of accelerators that are focusing on this tech start sustainability. You know, and even generalist VCs are still making bets in in climate. So it's not like you have to only go to like these climate investment firms that have just launched more in the last few years. There's lots of opportunities, and, and I think across VC.
1: Do you have to have like uh, novel research? Uh, let's say novel process. Uh, where is there, what is the tangible stuff that you are investing in? Let's say.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think it, I think it's very similar to you know startups, and I think you kind of mentioned this before with the startup that uh, you know had had a really interesting idea, but maybe you know failed at some point or had to close down that's that same thing. Startups are still challenging. We're still going to see the need for good operators that can figure things out. And even then sometimes timing, sometimes there's a little luck, you know, there's other aspects that are off. And so I think, you know, the more you can prove things out, right. You know, whether that's um, IP and a novel research process, um, some new way to do something that's more efficient, that produces better results. And you can show that like through that some, at least some level of study, some level of scientific experimentation that like this works. And we know that we have, we have inclination that as we scale and we do this in like, you know, larger and larger batches, whether it's, you know, creating, uh, you know, say mock meat, like the juicy marbles, Sylvanian company that we invested in, or, um, you know, like we're talking to all sorts of different types of companies that are like innovating on current processes, you know, creating new types of styrofoam that's biodegrades, um, you know, plastic alternatives, right? Like, I think all these things, you know, generally, even through the process, they, you know, reduce climate uh, emissions. And so, I think, you know, the more you can show, the better. And I think some ways to show that are, you know, beyond just, you know, doing the research is finding good partners, finding partners in academia, finding... Uh, you know, like so one of our, one, one company that we're working with, uh, they, you know, I've worked with Stanford to understand a certain part of the process. Um, you know, you could work with, you know, notable design agencies, if you're creating a product that, you know, is like a hardware product. Um, so there's, I think there's all sorts of avenues here. I think there's avenues for like the tangible products, the hardware, and then there's, a, there's avenues and more generalist you know, VC avenues for, uh, you know, software and SaaS and climate data and fintech, right? Those are things that can be invested in by, you know, almost anyone in VC that is, has at least an open thesis. And so, like, there's a lot of opportunities for scalable tech, and there's also yeah. a lot of opportunities for, you know, replacement, you know, better products and improving on what is existing in the marketplace today.
1: So you already mentioned it at the beginning, uh, Cool Climate Collective. So this is an Angeles syndicate that you are running or co-running, let's say? Yeah. What are you looking for, let's say, right now? Uh,
2: Yeah, we're looking for, uh, you know, we're open right now. We're we're looking across sectors and across stages. Um, We have done a variety of pre-seed and seed investment.
1: Can you Talk about some of them or is it uh, Um, under some kind of end day
2: yeah like well there's kind of a general solicitation where speaking about the specific deals while they're active is is, uh is uh but the one that you
1: already invested you mentioned juicy marbles let's say Slovenian,
2: but yeah juicy marbles is a good example right we invested at a seed stage i think they raised five or six million Um, they went through yc y combinator you know one of the top accelerators in the world And, uh, and so like those sorts of, those sorts of companies are great. Like we want, you know, there's a clear, uh, you know, emissions reduction. If more people switch off of, you know, beef or steak, they're creating a steak alternative to, uh, you know, having this kind of alternate protein. And so we see the value in that. We also see examples like, you know, beyond meat or impossible that are, you know, some of these kind of like unicorn climate tech companies. So I think there's uh, a lot more room for a lot more, uh, climate tech companies that are, you know, you know, focusing on whether it's waste or food and alt protein, or, I mean, I know I, there's, and Jen, there's a lot of like funds out there. I know a fund that like fo- literally just focuses on alt protein. Um, you know, agriculture obviously is like a big one and like f- understanding processes. And I don't know if you'll watch like, uh, Kiss the ground, a great documentary, kind of about regenerative agriculture and some of the pieces that we can do to like make help farmers profit while we better protect our topsoil and the earth. And so, okay. I think there's there's just so many opportunities. It's really exciting when we're looking to, you know, we're, we're we're very open and like talking to these folks, and we're also looking for great investors that you know want to come in and support these companies. Um, you know, where maybe like they wouldn't have access to them, or maybe like the check size is too high. You know, we can make a, an easy route for people to invest in these companies, and not just you know create impact, but also profit off of like this the next decade here of of climate change, climate you know solutions that are going to like rapidly scale.
1: Okay, so for to close, say our conversation today. Maybe last question. You alluded to during our conversation, that you don't have to really start startup. That's a new startup. You don't have to start a new venture, but you can already impact, uh, let's say, re- your ex- existing company, let's say. I know that a lot of uh, founders that are members of SIT will listen to us. Uh, where they, should they start uh, looking uh, let's say, where should they start analyzing their companies uh, and wh- what actions should they take to make them more sustainable? Or, you
2: know? Yeah, I think, well, one, I mean, you're probably not a carbon negative company right now where you're, you know, um, actually reducing emissions just by operating. So I think you will have to look at offsets in the short term. Um, you can go to companies like Pachama or REN. Um, you know, the, a lot of these, uh, solutions have these B2B, um, you know, B2B kind of SAS pr- that you can plug into the watershed w- of, you know, different types of software that helps you track your climate impact and climate em- and your, and your carbon emissions is also going to be really helpful. And then I would like, depending on your stage, there's a lot of resources out there like ESG for startups, uh, you know, 500 startups, um, the firm I used to work for, or, Founders Institute have little, have like kind of uh, templates or uh, systems thinking ways to understand how to do this even at startup level. But if you're working for a bigger company, then, you know, it's like, I think you need to get involved with like who's doing, (laughs) excuse me, sustainability uh, at the company and, you know, sustainability ESG and like start talking to them and like find ways to like support them. And eventually maybe you can make even like a career move over to that team Um, and because you know my belief is that these esg teams are going to grow quite a bit i think when it comes to like public reporting for companies you know sustainability and climate is like being factored in like if you look at like take a look at shopify's um report you know their kind of uh shareholder report right like they factor in (laughs) climate already so lots of opportunities and uh, i would just start making sure that you understand what the impact is Start offsetting it, and then start looking at how to improve processes so you don't have to offset as
1: much. Tristan, thank you for your time today uh, and for a really great discussion. I really hope that we will continue it in some other another episode or in, let's say another uh, live anytime.
2: Event. So happy to happy you. to, and if anyone wants to reach out, I'm just at Pollock P O L L O C K on Twitter. Always happy. I'm on there all the time and happy to have conversations
1: about climate. Great. Thank you. Are you an entrepreneur? You want to grow faster, but don't know how? Join the conversation at SIT Slovenia, where like-minded entrepreneurs and founders share experiences and know-how. More on www.ceed.si.
0: Pick on up a podcast where sharing experiences supports your business growth.